and hello and welcome to this month's episode of Haunted Histories. As you probably have all seen, I'm going to have quite a busy 2024. Um, I've got the scary Southwest Conference in March, then I'm attending all three of the Haunted Antiques Paramites next year, and I've got the Festival of the Unexplained, amongst other things that I'm talking about. But if you do want to speak to me about an event, please feel free to get hold of me. Now, I was put in touch with this person by the historian Dr Nicola Tallis because we'd been talking about a character by the name of Lady Jane Grey and it's one of the ones that some of you said you'd like me to do a podcast on so here you go I'd like to welcome Lee Porritt of the Lady Jane Grey Revisited website hi Lee hello Penny Hi, thanks ever so much for joining us. Um, now, Lady Jane Grey, there's the, having read Nicola's book on her and sort of done some reading up on other things as well, I do think hers is a story which has been mistold time and time and time again. Um, and I do have sort of some things I'd like to ask your opinion on, but what is it that got you into lady jane in the first place um i for for as long as i can remember i've been fascinated in the story of lady jane gray um mm -hmm. and I, I think you touched on it slightly there um i you know thought i knew quite a lot about jane gray as a child and researched quite a lot into her um and then you know in the past sort of 20 years she um, historians have started to challenge some of the stuff that is generally thought to have been known about Jane Grey, and that a lot of um, a lot of what we actually thought um, was Jane Grey's story is actually a lot of myth and legends that surround yeah. her. Um, we've had some fantastic historians um, go back to the original sources um, from the time um and try to identify the true Jane Grey mm -hmm. um and she's very slowly starting to come to the surface now mm -hmm. um she is she's definitely one of those characters that is in the top 10 um most famous Tudor figures today mm. um however you know we know very little about the real Lady Jane Grey mm. um her story is an extremely complex one but it's an interesting one as well and unfortunately the ending is very sad mm. um it's 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 um it's one of those stories that just leaves you wanting wanting more mm. i think one of the the things that i'm i'm looking at your website which if anyone's interested in jane head over to the website which i will be putting links on on all my social media and stuff when I promote this podcast it's the fact that there's all these pictures reported to be her like paintings of her and you have done this amazing research looking into whether there is really an image of her out there I mean where do you start with that um I think it's more to do with her fame. So I think anybody who was anybody over the centuries has claimed to own a portrait of Lady Jane Grey. It's a little mm. bit like um, sort of the Holy Grail, having, mm. having an image of this this 
this famous queen mm. um and you know images were deemed to be very rare so mm. um a lots of lots of people claim to own images of of Jane Grey however um it turns out that a lot of these images were her name was just simply applied to a painting that was um thought at that time to look similar or right. represent Jane Grey. Jane Grey has gone down in history as a bit of a um you know a bit of a bookworm so quite a yeah. lot of pictures of 16th century females holding books or reading books have become portraits of Lady Jane Grey. Mm -hmm. um, however when you you look into the provenance and the history related to those images you find that sadly they're 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 not they turn mm. out not to be an image of Jane. Um, we do have um, 16th century accounts of portraits of Jane Grey. Um, unfortunately, we don't have any that relate to her her lifetime. Um, right. We have some that are related to within the first, I think it's about the first 10 years after her death, right. people, um, portraits start to show up in collections. Um, so we know that they did exist. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, we haven't been able to find that smoking gun as yet, and, and that is a portrait that we know for definite is Lady Jane Grey. Um, and I think that that's one of the other things that makes her story so interesting is that we, we don't really know what she looked like. We don't, yeah. um, you know, um, we thought we had quite a detailed description of Jane Grey um, and that was published in um, a, a 1909 biography on her. Um, and Unfortunately, that recently is now turned out to be a fake. Oh, um, right. So she sort of she she likes it. what I quite like about Jane is she sort of appears through she appears in various times. She appears, mm. but then she disappears. If you get what I mean, she mm -hmm. she gets quite easily taken away. So mm -hmm. Jane has been taken away again from us. However, there is there is quite a few of us out there that are are looking for portraits of Jane Grey, and yeah. hopefully, one day one may pop up somewhere. Because I think, I mean, if we talk, we sort of talk about her story. I mean, yeah. we've got to bear in mind that, yes, the ending was really sad. It was on the 12th of February, 1554. She was executed at the Tower of London. And we believe she was 17 years old. Isn't that correct? She was about 16, 17, around that sort of age. She was a teenager. She was a, yeah. a young, a, a, old, a young woman, very young woman. Yeah. She was born to the granddaughter, was it, of? She was the great grand. So she was the sorry. She was the granddaughter of Henry the Seventh. Mm -hmm. So she was born between the end of fifteen thirty six and fifteen, the beginning of fifteen thirty seven. Again, we don't exactly know the exact date. It was never recorded. Mm. Um, however, she was she she was the granddaughter of Henry the Henry the Seventh and was the niece of Henry the Eighth, uh, which then made her cousin to. Henry's children, Mary, Elizabeth and Edward. So mm -hmm. she was very closely connected to the royal family. Mm -hmm. um, and actually her childhood, we have we have very little information about her, her childhood. We don't really know where she spent most of her childhood. Um, we presume that she, um, she traveled from house to house with her mm -hmm. family and visited various members of the royal family. She's actually, 
um, documented quite regularly is uh, of um, as visiting Mary. She had quite mm. a close relationship with Mary by the sounds of it at the beginning. There is um, there is details in Mary's accounts where she gave gifts to, to Jane and Mary was very close to Jane's mother, Frances. Mm-hmm. Um, so we know very little about her childhood. She starts to appear um, in records around 1544 when Henry VIII starts to change, starts to look at the line of succession again. Yeah. He puts he puts Elizabeth and Mary back into the line of succession. However, he refuses to take away their illegitimate status. Mm-hmm. Um, what Henry also does is he 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 names Jane as next in line to the throne once if if Mary Elizabeth and Edward were to die without any children mm-hmm. so she starts to appear there and that's when people start to take a little bit of notice of her um she she appears again around the time of of Henry's death so in around 1547 again she starts to appear in public record again she she moves in with um Catherine Parr which is Mm. the final queen of Henry VIII and her husband Thomas Seymour um this was this was not um this was a normal thing to do Mm. for somebody of of a high status a high born Mm. status they they could quite often go to to stay in other people's households to to finish their education, yeah, um, to learn skills about how how households were ran and you know to refine um, refine court manners. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was quite a normal thing to do. Um, however, during the stay with Catherine and Thomas Seymour, Thomas Seymour buys Jane's wardship off Jane's father, Henry Gray. And there's some discussion about her possibly marrying Edward VI, the king. Yeah. Um, there is no discussion prior to this, prior to 1547. There is a long, long-standing tradition that Jane and Edward were destined to be together mm. and they had um, a beautiful childhood and a beautiful relationship where they, they were playful friends and um we were educated together unfortunately there is no documentation to support that the the documentation starts in 1547 with the possible possibility of um jane marrying edward i mean if Um, if that had been something that they they were planning like henry had been planning to marry his niece off to his son which you know even though it's quite a close link cousins did marry to keep in the line of and all that wouldn't it have been documented somewhere wouldn't there have been a letter between him and henry gray if nothing else saying this or even him to his 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 um his uh yeah to francis saying you know i'd like to marry my son off to your daughter it, it would and um there isn't any there isn't any any letters or any evidence prior to 1547 about about the thought of Jane marrying Edward. In fact, mm. Henry VIII wanted Edward Edward to marry Mary, Queen of Scots, and there's lots of documents oh. about that. Um, oh, okay. Edward, you know, Henry had his heart set on on Edward marrying the, the Scottish Queen, and unfortunately that, you know, wow. that didn't work. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, so she she goes to live with Catherine Parr. Um, she is starting to um people are starting to become really interested in her. Mm. And the, one of the reasons why is um Henry Gay um was very much into education and very much into religious reform and he he had all three of his daughters educated. Again, this was normal for the time. Women was were it? being educated. Really? Women were, yeah, women were being high born women were being educated to basic standards and you know uh-huh. were able to um read and write. Mm-hmm. Um however, the difference with Jane is Jane excelled in her medicine mm. and um her learning and she seems to have really quite enjoyed it. Um she by the time of her death, so you know, by the time she was 16, 17, it's reported that she could speak several, several languages, mm. including Greek, Italian, Latin, mm. um, and I think she was even learning Hebrew. I think in Nicola's um, book, she mentions that Jane either translated a book for one of her teachers from English to Greek or Greek to English. I can't remember which way around it was, but we're talking ancient Greek here. And that alone is a pretty amazing thing yeah. to be able to do at such a young age. Yeah. And um, people were noticing it. So people were actually starting to become really interested in the possibility of what was going to happen with this young girl mm. and what she was going to achieve. Um, so um, she started, awareness about her started to become, yeah, so she people start, started to become really interested in that. Um, what I really like about it is, again, the Victorian, the Victorian impression of Jane that we we were were told is Jane was a bit of a big, uh, bookworm. She spent all the time reading books and was quite shy and quite timid. Mm. Um, there's some fantastic letters from Jane's tutor to various people um, that um, are asking. They're asking. Sorry, he's asking various people to um, educate Jane on the the appropriate time to spend on music and the appropriate clothing that she should be wearing and the time that she should be braiding and combing her hair. It sounds like she fell off the wagon a little bit and started to be that teenager. Um, And um, yeah, her her tutor was trying to sort of rein her back in again. And that's one of the things that I do like with Jane's story that every once in a while you get that glimpse of humanity. Of a young girl. Of a young girl a young just growing girl. up, yeah. Just growing up. And that's one of the really nice things that you do sort of see within within Nicola's book. You get yeah. that within Nicola's book that that those hints of the real Jane come mm. through quite a lot. Um yeah. So obviously the, she Catherine Parr dies and Thomas Seymour's executed for mm-hmm. high treason. Um and Jane is sent back to her family. She spends the next few years, you know, traveling around again with her family and attending some court events. She's not, um, she's documented as as at some of the court events. Um, but unfortunately, at the beginning of 1553, King Edward starts to become really ill. Mm. And Edward's in a bit of a dilemma. He He doesn't, he he doesn't necessarily get on with his older sister Mary. There is a bit of um, 
religious differences going on there. Yeah. Mary is refusing to um, to not hear mass, and she she um, Edward is getting a bit angry about this, and Edward believes that the Protestant faith is the the true religion. Um, mm -hmm. Mary believed the Catholic faith is the true religion. Now we have to put stress here. Jane was a Protestant, wasn't she? She was a very, very staunch Protestant. Yeah. Yeah, Protestant. Yeah. And so he starts to fall ill at um, the beginning of 1553, and he starts to look at the line of succession. And this is where it gets a bit complex. Um, so the early drafts for Edward's device of the succession thought of hints that he doesn't particularly want to have a female ruler right he wants he wants a male to rule england um sadly the tudor family tree has has none there's mm -hmm. no male they're all females um so what he does is he originally makes a device he makes the succession that the male heirs of lady jane will will inherit the throne um, and this is where Jane is hastily married off. She's married off to the youngest son of his chief advisor, John Dudley, the Duke of Northumberland. Um, Guilford, Guilford, Guilford Dudley. Mm. Yes, Guilford Dudley. And Guilford, um, and this marriage, so the marriage is announced in April, April of 1553, and they're married in the May of 1553. And, as soon as this marriage happens, there is instant suspicion about what is going on. Mm. People are not sure about what, what is happening. Um, and everyone is very suspicious about John Dudley. Um, and one of the things that causes the suspicion is Jane is the firstborn daughter of, of a Duke. Mm. And she is marrying, I think Guildford was the fifth or sixth child of a Duke, which was quite low low in rank for, for Jane and I think Jane and her mother knew this knew this and were actually quite against the marriage um so yes this marriage instantly causes suspicion among the court and amongst um you know the people of the country um and she um unfortunately Edward's illness becomes quite dramatically worse and he he changes the device of the, the succession again. Mm -hmm. Jane has produced a child, and he then leaves the to Lady Jane and her children, mm. um, totally eliminating Mary, his sister, mm -hmm. and Elizabeth. Um, yeah. Although Elizabeth was a Protestant, um, he could not. He could not. Uh, eliminate Mary without eliminating Elizabeth. They were both classed as illegitimate. Yeah. And, he, you know, he, he could then move on to Mary. Um, so, yes, he changes. He, it, it is literally with one stroke of a pen that Jane's mm. fate is, is, is sealed, basically. Edward dies on the 6th of July. Yeah. And Jane is a she's immediately made queen from the, yep. the moment that he, he dies, uh, the country is run in Jane's name. Um, there is some confusion as to when Jane was informed about 
the events that were going to happen. Um, yeah. Some of the some of the articles on my website, um, I I hint to the fact that she knew prior to Edward's death, she wasn't that naive. Yeah. She knew that something was going on, and um, her mum, Frances Gray, was within two weeks of you know two weeks prior to his death to Edward's death was invited to to court to speak to the king. And yeah. This is probably where King Edward told of of the plan that was going to happen um and i personally believe jane knew a little bit more than what than when she was actually just informed that she was queen um she knew that it, something was going to happen um so jane is informed that she's queen she takes possession of the tower on the 10th of july um however the isn't very good nobody nobody really knows her nobody right. nobody really knows who she is or where she's come from um uh, people are very rigid in the way that you know they 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 wanted they can remember good king henry's line of succession the 1544 line of succession um they they people think that that's how it should follow and it's the right way of going um and there's chaos, there's chaos for about two weeks. Mary proclaims herself queen, mm. and we, we have two queens of England. Um, for the first two or three days of Jane's reign, things actually look quite good, and it looks like, you know, she she's actually going to remain queen. Um, however, as, as the reign progresses, um, people just start to turn towards Mary. Um, the, the country turned towards Mary, um Mary has a massive army and um Jane sadly loses mm. she loses the battle um do you think the... sorry do you think though uh, that part of that was because Jane was so young Mary was obviously slightly older also was there an awful lot of um later Catholics who actually liked the thought of having a Catholic monarch again that it means they could be themselves again um, I think it had a lot to do with tradition. I just think people thought right. that Mary should really inherit the throne, and um, that was that was the the proper line of succession. And um, I think what the plan the problem was was there wasn't enough time to secure the plan to secure Jane's throne. If it had gone through Parliament, if it had, uh, it might have been slightly different. Right. Um, Northumberland is sent out to to capture Mary during the reign. Mm. Um, Mary isn't captured. Um, Northumberland is eventually captured captured himself, mm. and Jane is informed that she's no longer queen. Um, she remains in the tower. She's no longer. Um, she's taken to other lodgings within the within the tower and she's stripped of everything she's stripped of all of her personal items um and is held under guard um Northumberland is very quickly tried and executed mm. um and again it's quite com this bit's quite complex the gray family blame the dudleys mm. the dudley family blame the Greys as well as Edward VI and the King's Council and even Jane herself 
blames the Dudleys. She accuses mm -hmm. the Dudley the Dudley family of trying to poison her. Poison mm -hmm. her. Um, so yeah, there's there, there's quite a lot of chaos as to what's going on. Jane writes a letter within within the first few weeks of her imprisonment to Mary, detailing her side of the story, um, and it, it appears that Mary seems to believe Jane. Mm. She she frees um, her father and Henry Gray from the tower, um, and she see you know she gives an audience to Francis Gray, um, and she just concentrates on 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 the first few months of her reign just stabilizing mm. herself as queen and 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 things go a little bit quiet um jane is jane remains in the tower um and she faces trial along with guildford on the 13th of november and the remainder of the dudley brothers um jane is is accused and found guilty of signing herself as queen. And she is condemned to either be burnt at the stake or beheaded at the Queen's yeah. pleasure. Um, at this time, at this time in her story, it's it's generally thought that that would never happen, that Jane would eventually be pardoned and or she'd be kept under house arrest. Um, mm. And, you know, things would go quite quiet. Um, unfortunately, Jane, um, from the minute that Mary inherits throne, there is that that paranoia that that Mary will turn England turn England Catholic and force mm. people to the Catholic religion to choose pick and choose their own religion. Yeah, there is a there is a lot of suspicion around that she may force the Catholic um, religion onto to England. And there is discussion about her marriage. She makes it quite clear that she wants to marry Philip of Spain, her cousin, yeah. who is also a Catholic. Yeah. Um, this causes a lot of uproar and starts um, what is now known as Wyatt's Revolt. Mm -hmm. uh, Thomas Wyatt and a lot of other noblemen got involved, including Henry Gray, mm -hmm. and um, decided that they were going to try and stop the Spanish match and possibly overthrow Mary. Um, mm. Jane isn't really mentioned at all in Wyatt's Revolt. Um, it's more around Elizabeth. Mm. Um, however, um, Wyatt's Revolt, they, they reach London on, it's about the 7th of February in 1554, and Wyatt has just completely mit, misjudged the mood of the country. Mm. Although they may not like the Spanish match, they're still very, very uh, on Mary's side and they want Mary mm. to be queen. And yeah. um, everything just falls to pieces. Yeah. Um, and this is where Mary Mary decides to Mary decides that she has to execute Lady Jane Grey. Is it Mary who decides that though, or is it her advisors? Do we have anything documenting it? Because I've always, I mean, it's it's a bit like when Elizabeth had Mary Queen of Scots executed. There's an awful lot of stuff saying it. She didn't really mean to do it. It was her advisors who kind of bullied her into yeah. doing it. 
is it a similar situation with her sister and and Jane? Um, I don't believe that Mary wanted to kill Jane. Mm. I, I I don't I, I don't believe she did, and I think she really fought um fought with herself about the decision. Um, she was getting lots of lots of pressure from the council as well as well as the Spanish to get rid of anything that may cause upheaval within the within the kingdom. Mm. Um, and I just think that Wyatt's rebellion was the last nail in the coffin. Yeah. That sort of took Mary over the edge, and people again were able to then use Jane as Jane is dangerous. Um, we we need to we need to get rid of her. Um, Mary tries everything she possibly can to not save Jane's life, but save Jane's soul. Mm. She was quite um, determined that she wants Jane to have a good death and she sends her chaplain to the tower to have the now famous debate um, between Jane and Dr. Feckenham. Um, and she tries everything she possibly can to just make it a little bit easier for Jane. Um, and um, unfortunately, the the events happen. And, mm. you know, on the 12th of February, Jane is, is escorted from her rooms at the tower. Um, and she is, she is, um, she's executed mm. um, at the age of 16 or 17. Um, the interesting thing is, the minute she dies, that's when all the myths and all it's it it's if we look at her, if we look at her afterlife, um, she seems to be constantly used to promote one thing or another thing, and she seems to fit in all she she Jane is Jane's story and Jane herself is manipulated to fit in every little um every little box she's promoted to she's she's used to promote the Protestant faith she's used to promote um education she's used to promote how a female should behave um she seems quite easily fitting into all of these boxes and um this is one like I said earlier on this is one of the the interesting things is that we're really now starting to see Lady Jane Dudley. She died Lady Jane Dudley. Mm. Today she's known as Lady Jane Grey. Um, we, you know, um, she signed her prayer book, Lady Jane Dudley. Um, we are now getting to see the real, the real person. Mm. Um, Guildford, Guildford Dudley is sort of pushed to the footnotes mm. in Jane's story, in, in the earlier versions of Jane's story. Um, their relationships made out to be horrid, and mm. um, it's it's um, it's a really interesting one. Um, a lot of that again relates from the the Greys that blamed the Dudley camp, and they were trying to pull Jane away from the Dudley camp. Um, and um, yeah, it is just it's it's just very interesting maybe my I've, I've watched a few documentaries on it in my time I don't know how accurate well actually doing the research I've done now some of them were very much fiction but one of the things I was always led to believe a that Jane was 
quite a bimbo puppet for the men, which isn't the case. She wasn't a bimbo in any way, shape or form. Also that um, John Dudley wanted to get to the crown. He wanted to somehow be as close to being a king as he could ever be. And the only way he was ever going to do it was to marry off one of his children to a ruler of England. Um, and that's why he pushed for Guildford to marry Jane. And then apparently because Jane refused to make Guildford king when she was queen, that caused issues. Is that true? Yeah. Um, so Jane definitely refused to make Guildford king. Jane um, was very outspoken. She she knew what she wanted. And mm. I think she, she knew that she was being used. She knew that she was being used slightly and she knew the reasons why. And she she believed that if she was going if she if she was going to be queen, she was going to be queen alone and she was mm. going to, to rule the, the country herself. Um Again, I think there's lots of there's lots of myths surrounding the Duke of Northumberland and whether he was out to literally scheme to the crown and and get a position for himself or whether he was actually just following the king's wishes and the council's wishes at that time. He had the council's back up and the, you know the council signed all of the device to the succession. Mm. Um, whether whether John was the scapegoat of the whole thing, um, it's debatable. Mm. Um, and I think it's quite, in the documentation sort of shows that Jane didn't particularly like John Dudley. Mm -hmm. um, she didn't, um, she didn't particularly get on with him very well. And I know that she was very um, taken back when she, he changed his religion before he died, he he converted to Catholicism. Yeah, um, and Jane is is documented as speaking out quite abruptly about that. Personally, I, I look at that from both sides. I look at it from the fact that yes, I look at it from Jane's side that she was angry about that, but then I also look at it from John's side, John Dudley's side, that he was actually he knew he was going to die, and he needed to. See he needed to save and make sure that his family was secure. Mm. Um, his children were safe and his wife was safe. And he did the most, what he thought was the most appropriate thing to do, mm -hmm. which was to convert at the time to what people were saying was the true religion. Mm. Um, so it's not, it's not, it's sometimes not as black and white as what it's made out. Yeah. If you get what I mean. I, I do wonder what he would have thought, though. I mean, if we could, we're going to talk about ghosts in a minute, because obviously this is also a paranormal and history podcast. But it does make me wonder if you could speak to him and say, you see how close your other son got to being on on the throne, so to speak, with the, the, the did they, didn't they relationship with Elizabeth, one of the, the greatest monarchs, in my view. Even though I'm I'm not actually a Tudor, I'm more Antagonate, if I'm completely honest, because yeah. I'm really looking forward to the documentary that's on this evening, the, the Richard III one, to see what its evidence is that they're found, because I've been watching the banter between Matt Lewis and Nathan Amin on social media for the last few days, and it's absolutely hilarious. But I do think Elizabeth was an amazing 
woman, an amazing queen, an amazing monarch. And I just wonder what John would have thought if he'd seen how close his youngest young son got to being, well, a king, for want yeah. of a better term. It would be really interesting to see if he ever thought that was possible or if 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 when the whole Guildford and Jane thing didn't work out, he thought that's it. But, I mean, the, the, the changing of religion... I I I interpreted it. I liked your I like your interpretation because I did wonder if it was a way of him trying a last ditch attempt to be forgiven himself. Yeah. Because yeah. I do I don't know. I I I, I struggle not to go with the it, he he manipulated Jane because of what he wanted to achieve for the Dudley family, and he yeah. saw it as a way of doing it. Um, I mean, could the when, when when Edward changed the succession just before he died, could his advisors really have vetoed it? Um, again, that's a that's a that's a difficult one to answer. Exactly, yeah, it's it could have possibly happened. Um, I think there would have been a lot of uproar about it. Um, mm. but. Um, I think what would have happened is we'd have probably have seen the same uproar as what we saw during Jane's reign, which was lots of people saying, what's going on? Mm. Who's, this, who's this young girl? Mm. Where's Mary? Um, I, um, it, it is a difficult one. But I do think sometimes that Edward is underestimated in the story. Mm. Um, you know, we're talking about somebody that is... Um, He's this, you know, he's his father's son, and he. Tell you what, like, I was going to say, <laughs> he he's been treated like a, a mini deity since he was yeah. born because he was the the amazing boy, the the king, the 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 one he, you know, and he's the the fact that his mother as well is Henry treated her. So he said she was the love of his life. She was the real one true love of his life, and I always sort of say that had she survived birth, the birth. I mean, I know she didn't die actually at childbirth, but it's to do with the childbirth. Would he have still been with her 10 years on? Probably not. He probably no. would have fallen out with her like he did with everyone else. So, but it's because she pretty much died giving him what he wanted. He's got this sort of... So this child has been treated like the golden child and pretty had quite an ego about him. And awesome. also, like you say, his father's son. Uh, yeah. Let's let's face it. Henry was never um, lacking in self belief. No, <laughs> I, I, I think that this, you know, all signs were showing with Edward that he was sort of turning a little bit like that himself, mm. and that he he believed that what he said was, you know, what he says goes, and we, you know, everybody had to scumble around and try mm. and sort that out. Um, yeah, sadly, it just had a huge impact on on Jane's life, on Guildford's life, and on, um, you know, the life of Jane's sisters as well. Mm. Um, that, 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 that whole crisis of 1553 just travelled right yeah. down till, you know, the last where sister died. Yeah. Um, and um, it, it, like, it, like, like I've said earlier, it's quite a, it's quite a sad story. Mm. Um, considering that they were probably the most innocent ones in it. Um, Jane was very much, um, 
she she very much stated that although she'd accepted the crown, she never actually wanted it. Mm. When she was offered the crown, she 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 you know she was refusing. She refused mm. the crown and was saying it's not hers, it's not her right. Um, she I I think you know she wanted the the proper lines to follow. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately was talked into by not just you know she wasn't just talked into by the Duke of Northumberland she was talked into by Henry Gray and her mother mm. um, to, to to follow this this plan through um, and yeah and just unfortunately it, it, it just didn't work. It didn't so how much work. influence do you think her mum Frances did actually have on her decisions? Um, again Frances is another one that's been really heavily um manipulated over the, the course of time again if you look at the documentation from the 16th century it sounds like like jane was actually quite close to her mom um whenever jane was in need she seemed to have run to her mom mm-hmm. and um both catherine gray and mary gray were were very close to to her mm-hmm. mother um so um I don't think Francis was as manip- that manipulative um, figure that looked like Henry VIII that mm. lots of people say. Um, I think she was sort of turned into a bit like the evil queen of Jane's story mm. um, that, you know, would beat Jane. And um, it's it's quite, a, um, again, difficult thing to sort of get your head around. Um I think that the relationship was actually quite good. And just because we don't have letters, you know, that survive today from Jane to her mum mm. in the final weeks of her life doesn't mean that those were, were not written. Yeah. Uh, and um, it, 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 you know, it, it's, it's sometimes trying to think of both sides of the, mm. both sides of the actual story um, because we don't know. We just don't know. It's yeah, it's, it's something that would it would be amazing to fight because I always wondered why was it Jane, not Francis, who was asked to take on the role of queen? Because Francis had more of a, 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 a an entitlement to it than her daughter did. Was it because she was slightly older? Because you know all, all of that thing. And then when you look at if if Mary was because it's another thing about Mary that I kind of get a bit. Maybe it's being female, I get a bit protective. But when people call her Bloody Mary and she just killed loads of people, well, actually, she didn't kill as many people as people think. I'm pretty sure she killed less than her little brother did. Her little brother, ex- yeah, he's, for those who can't see, he's nodding. Her little brother killed more people than she ever did. And if she was that bloodthirsty and she she killed Jane out of, like, a fit of pique or, you know, uh, annoyance at this young girl had usurped her throne she would have killed francis as well she would have killed, wiped out the whole family if she was that much of a crazed murderer as she seems to be painted sometimes now i i mean i can't understand killing someone because they believe in a different religion to me uh, well I, I don't believe in religion so that that's a moot point but back then it was a fact if, if you didn't believe in the correct religion you would be classed as um being a heretic and the punishment for heresy was execution that's just the, the way it was um but I, I think mary is maligned much maligned a lot of the time um i i think 
you know, I, I actually admire her for sticking up for herself a bit. Um, and I, I do think, though, I think that that I do feel that Jane was a pawn in a game that she had no control over what was going to happen. Because is there any way she could have avoided being executed? Could she have done something that would have meant they said, okay, fine? Um, I don't think there was any way that she could have not been executed. I, I, I think just the threat of Jane's life had become mm. that prominent that um, Mary, unfortunately, just had to had to get rid of her. Mm. Um, the, Mary, I, I suppose we've also got to think about um, Mary as well. Mary like what you said is she's another one she's another figure at the minute that is our perceptions of mary are recently changing mm. there again there is lots of myth that surrounds mary and a lot of propaganda that was made during elizabeth's reign to make mary out to be this evil um evil figure mm -hmm. and, and and again we, we're now trying to get to the bottom of mary and i think mary had quite a, quite a sad life and quite a difficult life. She seemed to have had to, you know, had to fight from such a young age. Yeah, definitely. By the time she inherited the throne, she must have not known where to look or not mm. known who to trust or um, um, have probably have had a lot of doubt and, and paranoia around mm. herself. And I think um, it had just got to the point where the only thing that she could think of was that she she had she had to get rid of her, mm. um, and um, yeah, that that's just that's just the sad end to the story that mm. these two women were both put in posi in positions where one had to die for the other one to succeed. Yeah, um, and you know, Jane is again Jane is very aware of. I believe that Jane knew that she was going to go in the history books. Mm. Um, I believe that Jane knew that her story was was going to going to be talked about and going to to last a long a long time. Mm. Um, and you know, before Jane's death, she she was she was writing various letters and saying various things to promote the Protestant faith. And again, I think Mary was probably aware of that and that. Jane was starting to become a little bit outspoken, even though she was a prisoner. Mm. Um, so there is that element of the story as well. Um, she didn't necessarily stay hidden in the tower and quiet and again mm. read books. Um, she she continued to um, say and do speak her mind and say and do things what she thought was important, even down to you know her trial and execution turning yeah. up in black and looking that you know, reading from her Bible and looking that that staged um, sort of view of a, a virtuous religious, um, you know, female mm. looking at the true, the true faith. Um, I think Jane was very clever about how she, she was seen mm. whilst she was in prison as well. Um, and how she acted on the scaffold. Unfortunately, again, the the execution itself is surrounded by myth. Um, mm. We use um, a, a lot. We use a book 
um, there's a little pocket book which is is stored within the, the British Library known as the Chronicles of Queen Jane and the First Two Years of Mary. Um, and we use a lot, we use this book a lot for um, our information around Jane because it was written at the time of okay. events. Um, sadly, the the uh, the pages where Jane is executed, the story cuts off the minute she leaves the the minute she gets to the scaffold. Right. Um, and um, we um, this book was was translated and published in the nineteenth century. Mm -hmm. And what they did was they inserted um, what is now believed to be the most famous part of you know the famous thing where she's groping for the block. And mm. she, someone actually has to take her to the block to be executed. The one, um, the one of the more modern day paintings that's been done with her with the long red hair, sort of like, like as you say, with the blindfold groping. Yeah, Galarache painting. Yeah, and um, they inserted this, this, this description, which is a really, really detailed description of somebody's execution, mm. and it appeared in a pamphlet um, within a few months after Jane's death. All of the all of the snippets of information that you get about Jane's execution doesn't mention anything about fumbling for the block. It doesn't mention anything, um, you know, about that incident. It basically states that she died a good death. Right. That everything was everything was fine. Um, and yeah, so this this these pamphlets started to appear. And don't get me wrong, there is some um authenticity to some of the letters that are written in these in in these pamphlets um they are believed to have been smuggled from the tower and they've been signed by jane herself um, um however yeah just the the details surrounding her execution again is that little bit did this happen didn't mm. it happen uh we're still very unsure do we i mean there's a couple of things from a sort of a sexism point of view that I've sort of noticed before. Firstly, why do we people refer to her as Lady Jane? Why not Queen Jane? Because she was a queen, albeit for nine or 13 days, whichever number you go for. And also, was there no real account done by the chroniclers at the time of her death because she was a woman? Um, so to go to the first question, um, I suppose the question, I mean, I, I want to, I like to think, well, why isn't she known as Lady Jane Dudley? Why isn't she known by the name that she actually died by mm. um, um, as well? Um, the question of Queen Jane is, is a really, is again, a really complex one. I suppose it's how we look at it. I believe that Jane was Queen of England for 13 days mm. and England was ruled um, in Jane's name for 13 days. So I believe that Jane should be known as Queen of England. Mm. Um, and actually she is acknowledged on the Royal website. Her reign yeah. is, is, is acknowledged on the British Royal website. And um, the only thing is we will never really know the truth about that unless we get another Queen Jane. So will she be Jane the second or Jane yeah. the third? It's, 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 a, it's a really complex one. Um, we do have people that like to follow the order of precedence again and believe that Jane's reign was was a blip and that it didn't ex you know it didn't exist um for me it's documented mm. it's there and England was ruled at one point by two queens mm. um so I personally think 
she should be she she should be acknowledged as a queen of england i mean some people uh, have said to me when I've, I've raised this before who are not jane experts this is why i'm just calling her jane i'm not gray dudley queen lady jane that um is because she never had a coronation that's why she's not known as queen jane and my argument to that is well edward v didn't have a coronation yeah. yet he's still down as king edward v so yeah. that's what i mean about the sort of is it is it just almost like I, I know you're male yourself, but is it like historical misogyny that because she's a woman, she's not as important? Um, um, I just think there was an element to try and eradicate the reign. To be honest with you, mm. again, there was that there was that edit, there was that element stemming right back from the time that you know she was no longer queen. There was there was. People were just trying to sort of wipe it away from history that it didn't right. happen, but it did, and mm. uh, and I think that that has that has that has followed down the centuries. And again, these are the interesting things there, where you know we're getting all these fantastic new biographies by mm. some really historians that are actually going, no, this this did happen, and this mm. is what's that. Um, as for a, a description of her execution. Um, I don't know whether that has anything to do with her gender. I just think that that has something to do with uh, the product of the time that she was just, there were, you know, there, there were more, it was, there were more bothered about documenting that the event had happened and not right. did actually happen during the event. The event. Mm. Um, you know, Jane was no longer there and she was no longer a threat. What sort of leader do you think she would have made? Had had it not happened had mary not decided to challenge her had society said okay this is who the king wanted we'll give her a chance what kind of leader do you think she'd have made um i think she's a very good one mm -hmm. um i i think she she would have uh, you know i think all the signs were there for a really good strong queen mm -hmm. um however I also think today that if she had have lived and she had have reigned, you know, would she have been seen the same as Edward and the same as Mary and the same mm. as Elizabeth as pros and cons of reign? You know, would Jane have gone to the point where she would started to ex execute Catholics? We we mm. we don't we don't we don't know that um, that. Um, but I think that the story would have been entirely different mm. and. Uh, but I do think that there was all the elements were there that she would have been a very, very good queen. Mm. I think she'd have, she'd have made a good queen. I think she'd have made an even better royal advisor to someone else who, who was the one who... Because to me, with her academic prowess, the research and the looking into things and looking into the pros and cons of things and assessing information, her ability to do that would have been... I, I just can't get I, I was learning to speak Greek uh, for a holiday this year and I'm not stupid and even I was like uh, trying to learn to speak Greek and I could speak a few words but to, by the age of 15 16 to be able to translate an entire book mm -hmm. <laughs> that was just it was just mind-blowing so she, she must have had levels of intelligence that I mean you know we talk about Nicola Tallis's book she would have been at that level mm -hmm. if she was now she she would have been a, a Nicola Tallis, a Susanna Lipscomb, or a, 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 um, 
oh, the, the lady who I've just completely forgotten her name, Mary Beard. Is it Mary Beard, the historian Mary Beard? I think it's Mary Beard. Anyway, all these amazing female scholars who, yeah, she would have been one of them, given if she, if this hadn't happened to her, she 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 would have been, uh, I mean, it, it, uh, yeah, obviously the... And it, it's been, like what I said earlier on, that people were actually genuinely quite interested in what was going to what was going to come from this individual. Mm. Uh, her, her love of learning and her learning... The, you know the the amount of things that she was learning was was causing shockwaves that yeah. she was actually quite um, she was some yeah to be that accomplished uh, academically uh, at such a young age sadly, it, it it didn't turn out uh, yeah it, it's a good thing and um yeah like it's just so sad that the story ended the way it ended. Yeah. So could better. It, definitely, definitely. I think we could probably talk about this for a lot longer. Um, but from a ghost perspective, you rarely I know that she's meant to be seen, her and Guildford are meant to be seen walking the ramparts at the Tower of London. I find that kind of a bit mm, because they were kept separate, weren't they, when they were in the tower? They weren't kept together. Um but Anne Boleyn is seen everywhere. Everyone has an Anne Boleyn ghost story, which as a paranormal investigator, I'm a bit, hmm, yeah, okay, about. What surprises me is there's not more Lady Jane, Queen Jane stories. But when I visited the Tower of London a couple of years ago, uh, I knew the person who lived in what was Queen's house. And he took me into some of the cells that still survive. And I remember walking into this one and not knowing its its background, but suddenly getting completely and utterly overwhelmed. I And my friend who I was with can verify because he was quite worried. I started pacing, wringing my, in my hands. I, I suddenly went, he said, I suddenly looked like I was about 20 years, 30 years younger than I am. He said, you had a tear just trickling down your face and you're pacing, doing like wringing your hands up and down. I didn't know I was doing it. He sort of grabbed me. I was like, you're right, you're right. And I, I was like, oh, I had to get out. It was just overwhelming. And that's when he said, this is one of the places they think that Jane was kept. Right. Um, but it's not one of the places that the public get to see because it's part of, it, it. you have to go through King, well, King's House now to get to it. Um, and actually, that was when I first started looking into her because that was like, really? Did I just channel something because it was the fact that I suddenly I did I, I remember sort of looking back at it I did feel very very young I was pacing and and he said I was wringing my hands and he said you just had one tear trickling down you weren't crying you just had a tear trickling and mm. and I I mean it could be anyone I was picking up on but it just makes me with with a character as strong as she was her and and people who believe in the paranormal believe in energy and everything else. She must have had such an amazing energy about her. It's it's just why are there no not more ghost stories of Jane? Yeah, there. I mean, it's it, it isn't something I've really sort of dig deep into, but I mean, there, there there is a few out there. There's a few sightings. Um, there's a few sightings of Brad Kitt 
Grab, uh, Bradgate Park. Mm -hmm. um, she apparently appears on the uh, the 24th of December every year. Okay. Bradgate Park, apparently. Um, and there is obviously the sightings at the, the, the tower. Mm. Um, there is also sightings of Guildford. Guildford is apparently often seen and heard in his cell. His cell mm. still exists. Um, it's my understanding that we we have um, documented information that Jane was kept in the house of Nathaniel Partridge, mm. uh, which was on the green. Um, and today this house doesn't exist anymore. Mm. She was on the upper floor of um, the house of Nathaniel, Nathaniel Partridge. Um, I might be completely wrong. She might have stayed somewhere else. No, I, tr um, I trust I trust you. Just, say it was just, I know this is what I was told, but then right. again, I know I've I've also been told stuff about the tower, which when I've looked it up, it's not a hundred percent accurate. But it was the fact that I suddenly felt I didn't know her story then. Well, I knew I knew who Jane was. I knew she was the sort of the nine day queen, um, and I knew that she'd married Guilford Dudley. That's pretty much all I knew about her at that point. But it was it was. The fact that I suddenly was overwhelmed with this—it's uh, weird. It was—it was almost a knowledge that I was coming to my end, and I wasn't yeah. sobbing. I was more stressed about how I was going to deal with it, and just with. You say it was very strange because I don't—I don't recall crying, but my my friend who I was with said I had a tear just trickling down my face, like someone who was just overwhelmed with emotion yeah. and it, it, it i mean yeah yeah it's 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 an interesting one i mean she definitely does have a presence in the tower mm. even you know there there is she you know there is the carvings in the wall there mm. is um there is the tombstone um she she definitely has some sort of presence in the tower and you know the tower are very good at keeping her story going mm. um, you know like what you said a lot of the stuff um i was there recently and i heard what you know i had one of the uh the yeoman warders announced that she came through traitor's gate and jane never entered the tower through J traitor's gate she was queen when she entered the tower and she never left that was, <laughs> you know, she that was elizabeth who came in through traitor's gate wasn't it didn't elizabeth come in through traitors so elizabeth is supposed to have come through traitor's gate however yeah. even it's debated as to whether she came through traitor's yeah. gate or she through an, another gate which is on the wharf mm. um th there is some stuff that is is said by um on the tours that yeah you need to you need to take with a pinch of salt mm. um, but she definitely does have a presence at the tower and, and it is really nice that you know people do keep her memory alive mm. um, definitely i mean people like yourself with your brilliant your brilliant website your labor of love with that it's it's wonderful and I, I would say to anyone even if you've never really thought about looking into Jane and her story this website it's got so much information on it it's absolutely brilliant um so if you could give anyone one message about Jane who's never really looked into her before like I hadn't until I started this whole process what would your message be to anyone thinking of reading up on her and finding out about her um, my message would be, please do look into her. She's she's so interesting. Mm. You know, for 
for a, a young female that lived over 450 years ago, she is she is extremely interesting and was extremely talented. Mm. And, um, you know, I would advise to buy some of the more modern um, books, Nicola's book, mm. uh, Linda de Leslie's book. Um, um, it's nothing against the older books. However, there is lots of new stuff that is coming mm. out about Jane and um you know like i said earlier on we're trying to get to the as close as possible to the real jane yeah uh, and these books definitely do mm. they, they they you know they bust those myths that surround her and um she does jump off the pages and mm. she is extremely um in she's just an extremely charming and interesting character to read definitely about. definitely i agree i agree those um like what we said earlier on, is one of those characters where a little bit of that human comes across every once in a while. You mm -hmm. see that teenage girl, you you can, well, you can't even identify how brave that teenage girl was towards the end. Mm. That's something that is is extraordinary, how she how she dealt with that whole situation. Um, she is an extremely brave and fascinating character to read about yeah, definitely there is one thing about ghosts that i i do remember reading about and this was something to do with one of the peers at jane's trial so one of the judges right. at jane's trial right um, apparently went um he he went mad towards the end and was asking to have Jane taken away from him. Right. Uh, he had sentenced Jane to death. I think he was called Judge Morgan. Um, well, that's whether, ironic because that's my married name. <laughs> whether he was um, trying to come to terms with the fact that he'd he'd sentenced somebody so young to death yeah. or whether seeing Jane is a, is a different story. Um, but yeah, there is that tale about Judge Morgan um, and him um, trying to come to terms with what had happened. But yeah, interesting. Anybody that is, has a slight interest in in Tudor history, she's definitely one to look up. Definitely, definitely, and and say the 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 the, the strings from her story lead into so many other. Absolutely. Tudor stories and and you know when you start you start researching one and you've got a bit of knowledge about another one you're like oh that's where the link is from him to him and uh, her to her and yeah you you get names say we, we mentioned uh Thomas Seymour obviously he's got a lot of links to Elizabeth because he's supposed to have been inappropriate with her when she used to go and stay there you've got the Dudley side of things with Robert Dudley and then going down the, so yeah it's it's a very interesting yeah, it's, yeah. It, is, it is very interesting. I mean, um, there is no evidence of anything like that with Thomas Seymour towards Jane. There's nothing because yeah. Jane was there at the time. Jane was in the Jane was actually in the same household as yeah. all this was supposed to be going on. Um, and there's nothing to state that anything happened, and there's nothing to actually state that Jane was even questioned about it or anything. Mm. Um, but yeah, they, they 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 all connect. All these stories connect. And you know, Mary, um, as I said earlier, the, the signs show that Mary had quite a close relationship with with Jane. 
Um, Elizabeth didn't particularly, I, I think Elizabeth was a bit... Um, indifferent. Indifferent. Mm. Um, and um, Elizabeth lived with that threat of Jane's sisters. Mm. And it, 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 it travelled right down the 16th century, mm. one event. Yes. Um, well, thank you so much for sharing all that amazing knowledge with us. I, I, I say I'm, I could sit here listening to it for ages. And I, I think keeping this young woman's memory alive and correcting some of the misconceptions about her, but not just her, some of the other key elements in the story, some of the other key players in the story. Um, I think it's sort of trying to make people understand what they were going through at the same time to, to try and sort of keep things running smoothly I think it's all very um yeah it's all important it's important so thank you so much um I, I will be directing people obviously to your website and you've got a Facebook page and a Twitter page as well for Lady Jane haven't you yep I do yep I'll be directing people to those as well and um yeah thank you ever so much for your time Lee much appreciated Thank you very much for having me. I hope I haven't waffled on too much. I, no, yeah. no. Well, as an interviewer, it makes my life a lot easier when I've got guests who waffle because then I don't <laughs> have to keep thinking of things to ask them. <laughs> well, thank you for listening to that episode of Haunted Histories. I hope you enjoyed it. Do make sure you go and check out Lee's website and his social media pages to learn even more about the amazing Jane. Um, on that note, this is uh, there will be hopefully another podcast before the end of the year but thank you so much for listening and don't forget to check out the previous recordings have a good evening sleep tight and don't worry too much about things that go bump in the night <laughs> <laughs>